elevate your summer with Osea's best-selling body care set. It's everything you need for radiant summer skin on the go. Featuring travel sizes of Osea's clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral skincare, like their best-selling Andaria Algae Body Oil. Right now, you can get the best-seller's body care set, a $78 value, 33% off. And use code SUMMER to save an additional 10%. That's an additional 10% off at OCEAMalibu.com, code SUMMER. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's corporate cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, you know what time it is? If you haven't heard about Anchor by Spotify, it's the easiest way to make a podcast with everything you need all in one place. Let me explain. Anchor has all the tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone and computer. When hosting on Anchor, you can distribute your podcast on listening platforms like Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. And best of all, Anchor is totally free. Download the Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Thanks, guys. When you're in winter's favorite town, the snow-covered mountains surround you. A historic Main Street charms you. And every day brings a new adventure. Welcome to Park City, Utah. Naturally, winter's favorite town. (sighs) Join the experience at visitparkcity.com. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Cross the Divide. We're here with Jesse J. Uh, Jesse, how you doing? Good. How about you? I'm pretty good. I was uh just heard President Trump's uh, speech from the Oval Office, and today, you know, marks a pretty big day, especially because uh, the coronavirus has had such an impact, especially on sports. Um, there's a lot of events around the country being canceled due to the virus uh, going around. Um, what have you heard? So I think some of the biggest issues are that this there's not a ton of cases right now, and maybe as many as there are in other countries, but it's rapidly increasing. So they most sports are going ahead and canceling. Um, all their events or going to present their events without any fans and just uh, important people they're important 
the important personnel are going to be there, like players, uh, security, doctors, stuff like that. What uh, organizations, sports-wise, have you heard that have had have, have closed? Well, you have the NBA, which they're going on hiatus. To, we don't know when they're going to come back. The NCAA tournament may do that. As of right now, they're going to have their games with any well, without any of the fans uh, attending. Well, I heard they're supposed to have just staff and family that attend the games no more. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, that's what it, if the NCAA tournament stays on course and actually happens, it's going to be with any fans and it'll just be a couple, fa- it'll be about 100 or so family members for each team. Right, right. For the NCAA, right? Yes. Okay, well, I didn't know about that till earlier. So I was I was busy earlier until I, I, you know, I had my night out planned for the NCAA, about to go out and work. But all of a sudden it says, boom, Big 12 says no people are allowed at Sprint Center. And there were no fans. So that means no money for me. So that kind of ruined my night. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see if they keep this going with the NBA going on hiatus. That makes me think that there's a pretty good chance they cancel the NCAA tournament. Entirely? So there, there will uh, be no champion? Or how, how do you think it will play out? Yeah, I think there's a chance they cancel entire entirely because it's not the NCAA doesn't necessarily have a champion every year because they vacated so many championships before. Um, that was my next uh, uh, thing to ask you. Is, yeah, it's not out the ordinary for them not to have a champion. Yeah, no. We've seen them actually crown a champion, but they vacated those champions before, or their championships before. So it's not... It's, it's a precedent for them that they are willing to have a year without a champion. Right, right. And I think the odds... The, the odds are they either reschedule the tournament and push it back maybe uh, to some point this summer, uh, which which is weird though because you have uh, they'd have to make probably exemptions for eligibility and players for players stuff like that. But I think there's a chance to do that because there's so much money involved, or they just go ahead and play without any of the fans. I mean, they will lose billions. Yeah, this is this is really uh th- this is a really important time of the year uh, for the NCAA. This is where they make a lot of money. This is where they make NCAA most of their money. Drink. Yeah. This is uh, this is a really important time for them. And for them to... To me, it'd be interesting to see if there is any more interest in these games. Any more or less interest in these games because if uh, because their fans are or if there are no fans, so I'd want to see if maybe more people are compelled to watch it to see what the spectacle would look like of basketball games being played without, or if it would hurt the overall interest because it's just kind of a stale environment, a sterile environment. Right. How long? What's the likelihood that they do cancel the, the tournament? What what percentage are you leaning on towards? That what percentage do I think it would to get canceled? Yeah. I would probably say it's like 60-40 it gets canceled right now. Okay. I'm with you. Well, maybe 70-30. I just think it's not It's not just... Probably more yeah. likely not, not going to happen. If we were in Vegas, I would bet getting canceled wouldn't be the favorite right now. Now, we did hear today that the NBA, like as you mentioned earlier, the NBA suspended their season indefinitely because of... Uh, who was it? Rudy Gobert from the Utah Jazz. 
tested positive for the coronavirus. Tested positive for the coronavirus, and they weren't going to take any more chances. Um, what else have you heard about Rudy Gobert? So, as of right now, it seems like he is the only one who's tested positive. Uh, although they canceled the game, and it seems like they were able to leave, but it took a few hours for the players to leave the arena. I'd, I'm not 100% sure of that right now, but it seems like they've left. Um, to me, it kind of feels like that Rudy Gobert tested positive for it and that they decided to just test all the players then. So do you think all the players got tested before they left the building or what? Yeah, I think that the odds are probably that they all got tested before they left. Or still there, they haven't decided what to do if they did test positive. Gotcha. Um, but wasn't he mocking it, mocking the coronavirus? Was it today or yesterday about just touching all the microphones and, you know, making fun of it? Yeah. Yeah, he went up. Uh, he touched all the touched all the microphones, touched everything, and uh, ended up getting coronavirus. Yeah. So we don't know if that was him. We don't know if that was him necessarily getting it from one of the reporters in the media there, or if it was just him, you know, getting it from someone in Utah. Or we don't know how he got it, but it certainly isn't a good look when the coronavirus virus seems to be a serious issue, and you're going around touching all the microphones and doing the exact opposite of what. Uh, what should be done now where were where did he where did they say what was he doing that press conference at when that happened uh i believe it was just a a regular press conference i'm not i'm not really sure what the press conference was about and maybe it, maybe it was about uh the games or it was after a game i'm not really sure what the context was of it all i've seen is a video of him uh touching it okay um because that would make you even more, you know, on your toes if it just if it's going state to state and who else do they come in contact with, and how many more players well, are going to actually be affected one, by the virus. I think that's one of the reasons they canceled the season is if he's infected, how long has he been infected? And my guess is that at least a couple of the players are going to be infected. But my guess is that he had been practicing or something because I think his expectation was he wanted to play in this game uh, against the Thunder so my guess is that he's been at least traveling with the team and practicing so my if I were to guess not that you want anyone to be infected but my guess is that there are a few players that he's probably infected I agree um, would, will we have an NBA champion this year uh, I think we will I think when the NBA comes back it'll be after uh, it, it'll be it'll be after the season would normally or it'd be around when the season would normally end so the season let's say ends late June early July my guess is that's when the season will come back and it'll bleed into the NFL gotcha so then do they start it'll right back so to... would they start right back up for the NBA season in the fall or what how does that work I mean will they have so, enough rest I think they have two options they either when they come back they just start the playoffs and they just start from there, or they play the last 15 or 20 games or so, however many games they have left. My guess is that they actually play the rest of the games because I don't know if you want to be playing playoff games. I, I guess the thought would be you want to get the games over with, so you start the playoffs just to get it over with. But I would think they'd want the players to have at least a little bit of uh, practice or, you know, to get back in the swing of things. So it'd be almost a mini preseason and then go right to the playoffs. 
Um, I think it's best for team a team like the Lakers, though. You have uh, Anthony Davis, who's been a little bit injury prone, and LeBron, who's going to be who was what 35, 36. He's going to have some time off, and as long as they can stay fairly healthy, they should have relatively fresh legs if the NBA does come back uh, later this summer. I. I don't see them having or finishing the season because there's no... I mean, the real question is, how long is this thing going to last? How long will the sports world be affected? What happens if it goes a year? See, I think the biggest thing is going to be how many players uh, are infected. Because if it's just... Let's just say it's the Utah Jazz or something like that. I think there's a legit chance if they give it a couple months where they might just... That's one of the reasons I think they can start the playoffs. Is because I think the Jazz are the pretty sure the Jazz are like the four seed. So I, I think it'll be it, it's going to be months. If it does return, it'll be months. It's not going to be a week. It's not going to be in May. It'll it'll probably be sometime later this summer. Now, who's your pick for MVP right now in the NBA? I would say LeBron. I disagree one hundred percent. I mean, uh, he. Shut, he he slowed down uh, Giannis, and then they just beat the Clippers. And then one time, one time out of the times they, that they've lost, I think they've lost two or three times to them already. I mean, that's not impressive. That shouldn't dictate that he gets MVP. And I honestly can't see the NBA going forward or crowning a champion this year at all. Uh, I mean, I think it's on the table. Uh, you just, I don't think we'll actually know until we get to that point, though. Right. Um, now going from basketball to football, how do you think the NFL is going to be affected with the draft coming up next month? So I think they will move the draft to the NFL film studios in, in New York. So what I, what I think they're going to do is they're going to probably set up a cam, you know, set up their cameras, maybe invite a couple players. Um, maybe not, but I think they're going to have Roger Dell there and he'll read off picks kind of like the old-fashioned NFL, right? Uh, maybe like the maybe like '80s baseball for a long time. They just had a camera and a podium and read off and would read off picks. My guess is that is what uh, the NFL does. That would be the safest way to go. Now, you got to remember how much money that the NFL just in the, with a draft brings to a city. It's hundreds of millions of dollars. <clears throat> and what was it? Where's the draft supposed to be held at this year? Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Okay, think about that. That city, as much money as it makes, it's going to lose revenue from the money the NFL draft could bring. And the impact it's going to have on that city financially in the sense of just the lack of revenue that it makes just from that alone. Yeah, I think that's something they, they consider, but... Vegas is a strong, like Vegas itself is strong enough that I don't think it'll make that big of a difference. I also think it's one of those, it's also one of those things where you'd hate for a quarterback or somebody to, like, for example, Joe Burrow goes to the draft, then he gets coronavirus, and then he doesn't play the, you know, he doesn't play this year. I think it's just safer to do everything remotely, just have Roger Goodell read all picks. That it's a, it's, it's really a television event, anyways. Like it, it's a television event. It, I think it's. I, I think it'll be a different presentation because normally you see the players, they do the interviews and stuff during the draft. 
it'll probably you'll probably see more commentary and i expect maybe some panels and stuff like that it, there might be going more back and forth between la and they might be you know uh nfl network for example maybe they have a panel that they uh go back to and get uh commentary from but i i don't expect them to hold i don't expect them to hold it because the first off i don't think the nfl pa would let them hold it because the players are going to be new players in the union so right, right. I, I just don't i don't i don't see both sides wanting that or allowing that to happen and going from the nfl to the xfl the XFL has already released statements that they're going to allow their players to play in empty stadiums. Do you think that's a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, you figure one of the people uh, from the XFL stadium in Seattle came down with the coronavirus while they were at the game. I mean, in Seattle, as you know, we've discussed off mic that they're a hotbed for the coronavirus in that area. So, I mean, do you think it's a good idea for those teams around the league to still play or not? So, I think it's just up to the league itself. I, I think it's kind of up to the league itself. Um, obviously, you don't want players playing who have coronavirus because then they could spread it to other players. Is I guess if long, as long as nobody's too sick or has it, it you go ahead and play. It's... It's one of those weird kind of middle areas where if the players are healthy and everyone's healthy enough to play the games, that you just go ahead and play them. Uh, if you're a if you're a league like the XFL, maybe try capitalizing on all these sports being shut down. So the last they're basically halfway through the season now. So you try maybe you hope it drums up interest for the second half of the season. Um, and if everyone's healthy. If everyone's healthy, you just go ahead and play the games. Uh, so I, I just think it comes down to the health of the players and the health of everyone going to be involved in the game. If everyone's healthy, then, I mean, I don't see a problem with them going ahead and playing it. But uh, it'd be I mean, they, it'd be risky 100%, but I do think that it would be a it can be a detriment to the XFL because, God forbid, they, they stop the season and they're halfway through their first season if it's new inception. Um, so I'm with you. I agree 100%. They need to, God, you know, God willing, everybody stays healthy. They'll put more eyeballs on them, especially because be, there will be no sports on. NBA suspended. NCAA is not going to happen probably, even though they might have games just like the XFL, but just in arenas. Um, the the XFL can capitalize on, capitalize on this opportunity, you know, in a way that can put more eyeballs on their product. You figure they've been averaging over a million uh, viewers on Fox and ABC for the first time their ratings did go under a million um, for ESPN and um, FS1 this past week so I think uh, it can kind of give them a boost and who knows maybe their games on uh, FS2 which I had to find that channel they might actually put it right back on either Fox for another game because they won't have a basketball game or they'll put it on FS1 itself to get them more even better viewership so I think that can work in their in their favor, and um, actually benefit from this horrible thing that's going around this this uh, entire globe. Yeah, yeah, it, it'll be interesting because it'll. I think it really tests people's appetite for sports because there's not going to be a ton of them, or there, there, yeah, there's not really going to be a ton of them played. Uh, it's also going to be interesting to see what baseball does uh, because they have so many games that it's kind. It's going to be hard to see. Uh, 
it's gonna be hard. It's gonna be interesting to see what they do because they, there are so many games of baseball that they they they're probably better off just going ahead and canceling the entire season. But my my gut feeling is that Major League Baseball is gonna come back around when the All Star or the All Star break would happen. So they'll probably play like a 75, 80 game season. I think if it goes that if the coronavirus, you know, reaches that long and it has that long impact, I think that might be the best best thing for Major League Baseball. I think that the XFL can capitalize on all this. Um, but if you're saying to cancel the whole baseball season, why would you continue having an NBA season around football time? That, that doesn't make any sense. Why would you? Well, I mean, I don't, I, I don't think it's 100% the NBA comes back. I think the NBA is coming back, but well, I could see them not having a champion. That, that that's in my favor because we don't want LeBron to win another one because he's never going to. Um, yeah, and, I, I, don't, I don't I don't know about you, but I think there's a there's a pretty good chance they just don't play this year out. And let's say we get to like August or September and things better, uh, so that'd be what the next six months thing things look better. It might just be the NBA just saying, okay, well, we might as well just start a new season, you know? Right. Because at that point, if you get into September, the season, I believe, starts at the end of October. You might as well just roll into new... Yeah, it's a lot of lost revenue, but at that point... It, you, the health point, of your pleasure is more important. Yeah, yeah. at that point, you kind of just have to. Right. Um. So we've covered the basketball, we've covered football in both NFL and XFL, um, and we've covered baseball. Now... Let's get to another Vince McMahon-owned company or league or whatever you want to call it, and that's the WWE. I just seen on Forbes right now, they're talking about it's up to the WWE of whether or not they're going to change the entire venue and locate, relocate somewhere else where it's not a hot spot because they're going to have WrestleMania 36 in Tampa Bay, Florida at um, the stadium where Tampa Bay Buccaneers actually play, where I think it might fit, what, sixty or 70,000? Around 70,000? Yeah, 665, somewhere yeah, in that range. Give or take, but Probably you think with all the seats on the field. Yeah. Do you think that yeah. they should... I mean, WrestleMania is, I think, it's on April 12th. Um, it, it's, it should be interesting to see how that actually plays out, because I think it's going to happen. We're, we're going to get something about that pretty soon. Yeah, I think it'll I think it'll be canceled in Tampa Bay, and I think they will... They will do everything they can to move it somewhere that will be willing to have them. I think it'll be in a smaller venue, a ten to fifteen thousand seat stadium, basically a basketball stadium. Um, and I, and then I think they will they will ref, they will either refund the tickets or give you a chance to get a WrestleMania to exchange that ticket for a WrestleMania ticket in the next you know two three years whatever. Um, and but I think they will move WrestleMania. They will reissue tickets. Uh, I think it'll they'll probably only be available in North America, just seeing as uh, uh, travel from UK is going to be more difficult. Or, or, or travel you can only travel from United States to the UK to make it easy. I think the, probably the 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 thing that gets done is that they're going to. I think they move WrestleMania to a place that will let them run WrestleMania. It'll be a it'll be a. 10,000, 10, 15,000 seat stadium or arena and they will reissue tickets 
basically a new batch of tickets that will only be available probably in North America. I think that'd be the best thing for them. Now, I'm not sure how that their bottom line would look um, financially, as their stock has plummeted for around $90 to $42. Um, so that would be interesting to see how big of a hit, financial hit it, it actually takes the, the entire WWE overall. And whether or not that the Vince McMahon will allow the wrestlers to actually go from city to city. Um, that's another big question because the revenues from the live events are their moneymaker. So, you know, I, I'm curious on how, how they're going to handle that as, as well. Well, I would, their live events aren't as big of a piece of their income as, uh, as it has been in the last, I don't know, 20 years. But I think some of the issues are that it seemed like they were playing for us this year to either try to make a push to get it on ESPN Plus, have it evade, have a more pronounced presence, uh, at least from all mine. So taking it from the WWE Network or or so or moving it to ESPN Plus or something like that, so that people can purchase it, you know, and they can make more money off. That was at least a thought out there. My guess is they'll keep it on the network. Um, they'll still try to put it on because I think they're still doing a few hundred thousand buys, even with even with it being available on the network. People are still buying. A few hundred thousand people still buy it on a traditional pay per view. So that's crazy. I guess which is insane, but I, I I think you look at it, it's a lot of older people who still buy traditional pay per views. So. Right. My that's a pretty big chunk of income, so my guess is they're gonna try to do everything they can to keep it going. And same thing with same thing with SmackDown and Raw and all their shows. My guess is that they'll probably move them to the Performance Center if they get canceled. Well, that makes sense too, and that's an enclosed, controlled environment. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, and they they have enough people under contract; they could basically fill in an audience like that. You know. Yes, that's true. Okay. Um, any other sports you want to cover? Uh, no, it, it's just going to be interesting got, over the next few months. I got one. Golf. If Golf. this thing goes into June, as we're just guessing it could, you have the, the biggest event in golf. You have the Masters in late April. That's going to that's gonna affect some shit because as much money as those tickets go for, as much money as they make, the sponsors and everything else, that's gonna take a critical hit. I mean, really, really bad. However, out of all the all the live events for sports, that could be the actually safest environment for people who do sports to be at. Because they're outside, sunny weather, um, not that the hot or cold has anything to do with it, but I'm just saying, you know, they don't have to have people there. Yeah, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see what happened with golf. Uh, my my guess is that if the golfers are healthy, it'll just be a TV product company there. That that's my kind of my initial thought is that they'll test the golfers before the tournament starts, and that they just won't sell any tickets, and they'll just if they if they keep the event. But I also I also don't know what golf's you know I don't know what the TV contracts look like and how much they actually make from their tournaments in terms of uh, ticket sales though. 
Right. It'll be interesting. It'll just be it'll be interesting to see how they figure that out in the coming days and months. Well, it's going to get interesting as the as the days and the months uh, progress. Um, all right, guys, we're going to come back with our second segment, and uh, we'll see you in just a second. Okay, guys, we're back. Um, the last part I wanted to cover was um, what effect that the coronavirus is going to have on the 2020 Democratic candidates regarding uh, Joe Biden's campaign and Bernie Sanders' campaign and uh, Tulsa Gabbard's campaign. Thank you, Jesse, for that one. Um, Jess, what effect do you think it's going to have, you know, considering all these, you know, billion-dollar organizations are, are closing the doors and shutting them, at least temporarily right now, um, how do you think that the, the coronavirus is going to affect the candidates? So I think voter turnout is probably going to go down. I don't expect it to be very close. Like, I think the biggest problem is that people are going to be afraid to go out and vote because they don't want to get coronavirus. Right. Um, I, I expect the voter turnout to be really bad. Like, there, there will be people that go out to vote because they see it as their civic duty, but there's, I think there's going to be a large portion of people who don't want to get coronavirus, so they just, it's not worth it to vote. And especially, especially those places where you, where it's going to be harder to do early voting or it's too late to do early voting. It, I just, uh, I think it's going to be really bad for voter turnout. I definitely can see that's an that's an awesome point. Um, now, do you think that the turnout will be lower for the Democratic side or Republican or just all around? Who do you think is actually going to? What do you think because of this thing right now, if it goes into, you know, November, December, who who's it gonna benefit? If anybody. Probably, I think it'll probably benefit Donald Trump. I, I, I just I just think if you look at if you look at the issues with the presumed Democratic candidate, Joe Biden, if you, you combine all of his issues as a candidate and low voter turnout, I just think that screams re-election for Donald Trump. Oh, 100%. I mean, right now, Bernie's got everybody going against him. I mean, all those candidates dropping out was no doubt an establishment thing for them to give the votes to to Joe Biden. Um, and I think that was 100% apparent. Um, or at least take delegates away from him, but now they're just trying to slam it down the throat of Bernie Sanders. Um, but I do think Bernie Sanders has a fighting chance regardless of what happens. And this could actually come out in, you know, favor for Bernie when it comes to the remaining states. Well, one of my theories as to what's going to happen is that neither of them will have enough. They'll go to a contested convention and that it won't be either Bernie or Joe Biden. You know who it's going to be? Who is it going to be? Hillary Clinton. Well, I think that's that's a possibility. Seriously. It's going to be Hillary. They're going to, they're going to, it's either going to be Joe, if Joe Biden get, wins this uh, primary, it's going to be him as Democratic presidential candidate with a Hillary Clinton VP. I think it'll be Kamala Harris. I don't think it's going to be Hillary Clinton. I don't, I don't see Kamala Harris doing it at all. Uh, yeah, I think, I think it'll be to try to get the minority vote. Which is bullshit because he's catering to people so they could fucking fall into it, which is dumb. Well, that's that's that would be the 
it, I think it would be someone a lot different than him. If it's Hillary Clinton and Joe Biden, that's two old people. I think it would be Joe Biden and someone who's young who they can present as, well, if Joe Biden can't make it through his full term, it's someone who is young. You know, I, I wrote the other day that Joe Biden is just Hillary Clinton with dementia. I mean, I, sometimes I think he forgets he's running for president. No shit. I mean, what a fucking idiot. Um, and you notice his temper? Well, I think I think Joe Biden would have been fine to run four years ago, but he's four yes. years older. He's not yeah. as sure as he was four years ago. Definitely not. Now, he's still feisty as shit, but if that okay, was Donald but, Trump going off on fucking construction workers or blue-collar workers like that, there'd be a fucking media circus just trying to bury him, as they always do anyways, but even more so. If you were the DNC, who would you make? Who would you put as your candidate? Tulsi Gabbard, 100%. Oh, that's interesting. I like Tulsi Gabbard a lot. She's, you know, policy-wise, I would say Elizabeth Warren. She's the that, most. That would be that would be my thing. She was. She's the most fluent in her policies I, I, because I she she knows what she's talking about at least when it comes to her policies. But Tulsi Gabbard is more practical, and I like practical. She's more realistic, not just hyperbole, hypothetical bullshit. My, my first pick would be Bernie Sanders. My, if it was, if we went to contest convention and the realistic options of who they would actually try to give the nomination to, my pick would then be probably be Elizabeth Warren. But I don't think it's either of them. I think it's probably, if if it's if it's not Joe Biden because they see some of his issues, my guess is they either make it Clinton, Bloomberg, or or some person I've never heard of. That'd be the fucking the Antichrist coming up because that was the plan all along. Oh, if it's Bloomberg, it's not gonna happen. I feel like that we're we're raging towards a Bloomberg-Trump presidential battle. You know, I thought about that the other night. Like, what happens if they do go to a contested convention and it's like, okay. Bloomberg is gonna pay them a billion dollars to be the nominee. No shit, right? He'd he take it. He spent five hundred million dollars to not be good or not get any. He got fifteen percent of the vote and he spent five hundred million dollars. Yeah, that's crazy, isn't it? That's insane. On fucking ads. Oh, yes. I'm so glad that shit's over. I mean, every podcast, every yeah. podcast I listened to had a three-minute Bloomberg ad. That was crazy. Yeah, no, that's a... I mean, if we were to get to that point, it, the, the debates would be hilarious because it's going to be a three-hour roast of Bloomberg. <laughs> Trump would fucking destroy well, him. No, he, he he's... Probably smarter than Donald Trump, but he, but he's not as he's not as funny. He, has, he doesn't have he doesn't have any charisma. He's not he quick witted at all. No, it'd be a three hour roast of him. You know, I, I spoke with uh, Rashid and Bay, one of our other uh, hosts, on another episode of Cross the Divide, and I told him I said, you have to give it up for these candidates. You know, regarding at least as much as I dislike Joe Biden, but especially Bernie and Donald Trump. No matter what you think about them, uh, I, I paid attention to politics my whole life, you know, and I've loved it since forever. And you have to appreciate the fact that you have these seventy-year-old, seventy-year-old men or men in their seventies that are outworking their competition. That is, some of them half their age, close to it, but they're still outworking them. They're running circles around their competition. I've never seen anybody like Donald Trump have the stamina he has. Seriously, Bernie Sanders had a heart attack and he went right back at it the next day. Well, 
for, for example, it's like Pete Buttigieg. Pete Buttigieg would be the ideal candidate for some people because he's kind of young, and you know they were trying to push him as the a young face of of you know the, the DNC. But the problem with him is that like if you look at any of his policies, he doesn't have any policies. He makes no. statements. He makes statements and. You know, he'll make bold or he'll make what are perceived are bold statements and things like that. But if you actually look at his policies, he has no policies. He's, I mean, he's, just, he's a I, quote I, machine. Yeah, 100%. I mean, how are you going to be a Bernie fan, but yet endorse Joe Biden? If that's not the fucking, the establishment trying to fucking, you know, coerce you to fucking do what's best for the party, do what's best for us. After he's gone, you're still going to be here. Come on. You're trying to fuck Bernie again because of what? It's just insane, honestly. They're trying to fuck Bernie, and he sees it. And it's working right now. And that's the sad thing. And But I do think that if this coronavirus has an effect like we think it could, it'll be in Bernie's favor. At least I think it's going to. Especially in the voting-wise. Voting turnout. you know. Um, and if they do go contest a convention, that'll be interesting to see. Seriously. We also got to think the coronavirus seems to be affecting older people more than younger people. Yes. Maybe that's a deterrent if Biden wins with older people. So maybe that maybe that might help someone like Bernie. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how all of it comes together. I I can't I can't foresee what's going to happen at all in any of this with this whole coronavirus. What's going to happen? How long is it going to last? What you know? What are the the long the long term effects that it's going to have on the United States? You know, the the states themselves, the cities, the small communities, hell, even across these, you know, in Italy and Germany and China. I mean, I don't, I can't, I can't foresee what's going to happen. Well, that that'll be the thing is if cities actually start shutting down and basically going into lockdown, that'll be one of the things we really haven't seen very much. Or is this all a ploy for martial law? I don't know. Well, I mean, the last time we ever, the last time that I can remember seeing martial law was during the Boston bombing, I believe it was, in like what 2012, 20, 2013. Uh-huh. During the Boston Marathon, they basically shut down the entire city to look for that dude or look for the kid. Right, right. That that was the last time I remember anything like that where there was actually a city that got shut down, and that was probably a couple days, I think, maybe a day or two. Maybe a day or two. And this, this we we could be talking about months, months. Or I mean, you you don't know. You know, I I got a message right now from uh this girl I know. She's like, John, do you remember in Kansas City when they had uh the helicopters doing air? Uh, they were testing the air, and they were so low. I don't know if you remember that, but it was a few months ago, maybe last year. Uh, it was last year for sure. But I don't remember, like maybe in the mid mid year, at least in the summer, and they were there were so many helicopters out. They were doing all kind of tests, and now you don't see, you don't you didn't hear anything about what they found. You don't see any uh, any any uh, twenty three and Me commercials. I mean, I don't know if it has any relation, but you have to think of those things because you don't know. You really don't know. Any well, thoughts I on think- that? I think one of the main issues we have is that the coronavirus shows is it shows our weakness in our health healthcare system. It's going to be you have these other countries that are able to set up remote hospitals and things quicker than us, because uh, I would say probably the most practical places to set up 
like remote hospitals and stuff and quarantine centers uh, to be able to treat people would be like schools and stuff, but you still have schools uh, in in session. And then when it comes to taking schools out of session, you're taking kids and putting them, and then you're sending them home. And you know, for some kids, you don't they don't know you know they don't they don't know when they're gonna eat next. You have college kids stuck on college campuses, and they don't know how to get home. Or you know, you could be in Kansas City and go to school in Seattle or Miami or just right. various places, and it's hard for these people to get back home either because they don't have the resources to or because they're quarantined. See, and that's one of my that's one of my you know, wonders is what's going to happen to those kids if they are sent home or closed down because of the uh, coronavirus around the country? What happens if they don't get, get that meal that they depend on? Seriously, what happens? Yeah, I think I, I think I think what the coronavirus is going to do is going to show us some of our weaknesses in in our in the system as it currently is. So some of the some of the issues that are highlighted by someone like Bernie Sanders, I think we're going to see particularly highlighted, uh, especially when it comes to our education system and kind of the, the dependability will be forced onto the education system. And so we basically we have these we have these schools and stuff that are underfunded. But they also are really valuable to a lot of kids because some, that might be the only meal they eat. Or our healthcare system, our healthcare system, where everything's overly expensive and it's kind of hard to get everything done. So it, it it'll be interesting to see if people can kind of come to or to see them come to a realization of some of the issues we have and some of the things in the society that are broken. Right. Yeah, it's gonna get real interesting. I'm not. I'm not, you know, God forbid anything happens to, it goes, I mean, really ridiculous, but, you know, just pray for everybody and hope nobody else gets it. I, I think it's going to, if this goes as long as it could, I think it's going to be a shock to a lot of people's system, systems to see how many issues we have, which is basic, providing basic necessities in this country. <laughs> and who's going to take the blame for that? Yeah, that, that's also going to be interesting. Is it going to be the president? Is it going to be the gut? Is it going to be you know the Congress and House of Representatives, the Senate. Is it going to be them? Is it going to be local government? It'll be interesting to see the pushback and the blowback that comes that comes with this. Well, it should, in a sense, if you look at it, the longest tenured people in government, congressmen, senators, both state and you know U.S. Um, they, a lot of them are responsible because they play that party politics. They refuse to do it. You know, not that I'm saying that we need big government because we don't, and we don't need big health care, big health care, because, I mean, a lot of the problems we have now is because we, and the, the reason the costs are so so high in health care is because government has gotten involved. Uh, I think it's the exact opposite. I, I disagree. It's the exact opposite. Either way, I think after this, we're going to have to reevaluate a lot of our governmental systems and, our, and we have to ask ourselves whether they're working or not and a lot of it is going to be asking are people are the people in place that we put in charge of the government is that the reason or is it is it just the systems that we need to push forward new legislation i think it's right. kind of a combination of both but I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how it i think it'll be interesting to see if this has any impact on voting so there, there, there's two things when it comes to voting this year is it's going to be does the coronavirus dissuade people from voting 
and how does the impact of the coronavirus affect how people how people vote? Does it actually make them more likely to go out and vote because they see if the they saw all the issues that came from the coronavirus pandemic? I mean, you just can't tell. No, you, you can't. And we're, we're so far away, and we don't know how this is going to play out. So it's just kind of everything's up in air. Anything's possible at this point. Well, I mean, like I said, God, you know, God willing, you know, the world gets through this. And, you know, you and I don't get sick or anybody we know gets sick because they're going to home, right? Yeah. Well, uh, you got anything else to add? No, I think that about does it. All right, guys. Thanks for joining us for another uh, Spur of the Moment episode of Cross the Divide. I'm your host, Big John, brought to you by finflam.com. That's F-I-N-F-L-A-M.com. And we're pleased to have Jesse J on with us tonight. Uh, thanks, guys. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you Lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.